Hey, how you doing on this Saturday morning? Saturday morning, July 9th, 2022. It's Q&A day. Every Saturday morning, 9 a.m., well, most Saturday mornings anyway, 9 a.m. We missed it last Saturday, but it was holiday weekend. But uh, generally on Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. is when our Q&A podcast will drop. Q&A podcast, your questions, our answers. We do it every Saturday, and we got a lineup here today that uh, pretty good questions. If you've got questions, you can send them to us. Email them at fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Uh, you can uh, contact us via the forms on our website at freightbrokertv.com. Or if you have Skype, you can Skype us. Just do a search on your Skype app for FBTV, you'll find us. Okay. It's uh, July 9th. It's Fashion Day, also Sugar Cookie Day. Funny how those two go hand in hand. Fashion and sugar cookies. EIA, man, we've been talking about them for the last couple, two or three weeks. And uh, they've, they've started a new formula system to determine what the average cost of fuel is. And for diesel, where it's most needed, it has been pretty much not working. Well, they finally got it working the other day. Well, actually, the 7th, day before yesterday, Thursday. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. All right? Why three weeks? Trucking companies rely on that website to be able to calculate fuel surcharge for their customers because when a trucking company goes in and sets up with a new customer, they sit across the table, they negotiate a contract. Part of that negotiation is fuel surcharge, and they base the fuel surcharge on what the EIA states the average cost of fuel is. Well, all of a sudden, the EIA, Energy Information Administration, has decided to do it different. Well, they got the gasoline up and running, but the diesel they left, they left far behind. But anyway, it's up now. So, and to be honest with you, first thing I was wanting to see is how close to it was the uh, AAA because we've been using AAA as a marker. And it wasn't that far off, you know, with diesel anyway. Gas uh, is uh, close to a penny off, but uh, diesel pretty right spot on. Anyway, according to the EIA, diesel is down 10.8 cents from last week. And how do they know? How do they know what it was last week? <laughs> it, was, it wasn't working last week, but anyway. Down to 5.67 a gallon. That's still about $3 too high, if you ask me. $4 too high. You know, my uncle, he drove trucks, big trucks, back in the 60s and 70s. And they were like getting a dollar a mile, dollar a quarter a mile, something like that. But the cost of fuel was like 30, 40 cents a gallon, 50 cents a gallon. Look at the profit margin, you know. It's rough. Anyway, five sixty-seven a gallon. But it's two dollars and thirty-four cents per gallon higher than it was a year ago. So let's do the math. Five point six. Well, hold on, I messed up. Five point six seven. 
234. Yeah, we were at 333 a year ago. Tell you what, I uh, you know that that's you got a 300 gallon tank. That's six hundred dollars more you're paying in fuel. I mean, I'm I'm just round numbers there, but that's nuts. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox because I'm getting ready to say it's Putin's fault. I'm so sick of hearing that. <laughs> anyway, gasoline four seventy seven down ten point one cents from last week, but it's up a dollar sixty five a gallon from a year ago. So, I don't know. Anyway, today's impossible question, according to a relationship expert, doing this will help your friendships. This will probably surprise you because it's so obvious. According to a relationship expert, doing this will improve your relationships. <laughs> okay. Uh, birthday today. Well, you're in pretty good company. Brian Dennehy, Jimmy Smits, Tom Hanks, Kelly McGillis, all having a birthday today. Kelly McGillis, she was in Top Gun, but they did not invite her back to Maverick. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, I don't know, the subject of movies came up, and they said, yeah, you know, I went, went and watched uh, Maverick last night. And I'll be honest with you, the, the first thing that came to my mind was the uh, uh, Mel Gibson movie. You know, and, uh, oh, what's his name? I can see him, but I can't think of him. Jody Foster, Mel, Mel Gibson, and, uh, oh, why am I going blank on that? I can see him. But anyway, you know, the Western. And uh, she goes, no, Maverick, Top Gun. I go, oh. <laughs> Wasn't even thinking about that. I'm waiting for it to show up on Apple TV. So maybe, well, I'll probably buy it. Not at 20 bucks, but, you know, when it gets realistic. Uh, this date in history, back in 1936, New York Central Park reaches a record high of 106 degrees. I tell you what, here where I am, I'm in Arkansas, Fort Smith. It's been 103, 104, 102. Today's the uh, first day that it's supposed to be under 100, 99, 98, something like that. We'll see. 1977, I don't know why, I, you know, I guess it's a world record and it still stands, but don't go out here trying to cook and flip a pancake, according to this information. A six-foot, one-inch pancake is cooked and flipped at Hampton, uh, New Hampshire. That was back in 1977. Kind of bored up there. <laughs> I, I'm sure it was some type of festival or something, trying to get the world record. This date back in 1993, uh, John Chancellor, remember him, NBC News. He was there for four years. He retired on this day. But anyway, ah, here's some crazy news. As, well, it's transportation related. Airline passenger who was asked to check his luggage into the hold shortly before boarding his flight said it still hadn't arrived <laughs> 16 days after he landed in Toronto. After landing at 12.30 a.m., he waited three hours for his bag to show up. It didn't. He waited at the customer service desk for another hour, but heard nothing about his luggage. Despite returning to the airport three times and making repeated calls to the airline's customer service line, still no sign of his luggage. And he's been through 2,000 missing bags at Toronto Airport. Three different times. Still no baggage. 
I don't fly anymore. Last time I flew, or was going, well, yeah, last time I flew, uh, they confiscated my fingernail clippers. You know, little bitty fingernail clippers. Had them on my carry-on. It wasn't that they just confiscated. They made an issue out of it. I mean, just got downright authoritarian. Is that how you'd put it? Angry. You know, like, you should know be river, river. Yeah. Yeah, well, forget it. I haven't flown since. Don't plan on it. You know, I got so bad with the airlines. Uh, it's probably been 10 years since I've flown, whatever. Maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. In that ballpark, anyway. But they cram you in there like sardines. I mean, it's nuts. It's crazy. All right, what else are we talking about? Well, uh, news, transportation news. Okay, the other day I was going to tell you, uh, there's a study out that ranks the uh, top 10 states for bad drivers. They call it irresponsible. I call it bad. Financial tech company Smart Asset released its sixth annual listing of states with the most irresponsible drivers. Uh, it says here, in order to compile the ranking, Smart Asset assessed the following four factors. Fatalities per 100 million vehicles driven. Arrest for driving under the influence per 1,000 drivers. Percentage of drivers who are insured. And Google Trends on driving tickets. All right, we got top 10. Number 10. Number 10. State coming in at number 10 for the worst drivers, most irresponsible drivers. Colorado at number 9. Arizona, number 8. Kentucky, number 7. Nevada, number 6. Missouri, number 5. Hello, Arkansas. <laughs> number 4. South Carolina, number 3. California. Well, if you've ever driven in California. Number 2. Tennessee. And number 1 state, the number 1 state for the most or the most irresponsible drivers, Mississippi. Mississippi. All right, starting, uh, what, July 10th, uh, when is that, uh, tomorrow, Sunday? July 10th through 16th, Operation Safe Driver Week starts. It's going to take place throughout the U.S. and Canada and Mexico. During the week-long operation, law enforcement agencies will be monitoring both passenger and commercial vehicle drivers for unsafe behaviors, including distracted driving, following too closely, improper lane change, drunk or drugged driving. Uh, but it said in the report they're going to be really focused on speeders. You know, I was uh, out and about yesterday. There is a stoplight down the road from my house. And I'm not kidding. After the light turns green... You had better sit there for at least a second, look both ways to make sure people are going to come to a complete stop or a stop period. Because I'm not kidding you, they just, it's like they ignore red lights anymore. I don't, even stop signs. So yesterday I'm out and about, and just down the road, about a block and a half down the road, there's a cop. He's backed in under a shade tree, not looking at the red light. I don't know what he's doing under there, but I thought, man... You know, if you'd face the other direction, watch that red light. You could write some tickets. Maybe they don't want to write tickets. You know what I mean? Hey, coming up uh, the 14th. In my calendar. Next week, the 14th. What is all this? All right. Hold on just a second. 
Uh, let's see, the 14th. Oh, then that's going to be next Thursday. All right. Now I guess. Uh, is that, yeah, I guess so. Next Thursday, July 14th through 16th. Walcott, Iowa. Iowa, that's going to be the place to be. Uh, 43rd Walcott Truckers Jamboree kicks off next week at the Iowa 80. If you didn't know, it's the world's largest truck stop. This year, Jamboree is going to feature a super truck beauty contest, antique truck display, Iowa pork chop cookout, over 150 exhibits, Trucker Olympics, two fireworks shows, Trucker's Best Friend Pet Contest, and a 100th birthday party for a 1922 Walter Snow Fighter. It's all going to be happening at the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum while the Snow Fighter birthday party. going to have live concerts, too. It's family-oriented, family fun, so if you're up around Walcott, stop in. Got a recall. Get your tire and rubber company. Recalling approximately 76. Yes, you heard me right. 76. Kelly Armor Steel KDM-1 tires. KDMI tires. Size 11R225. DOT date code 3419 according to the National Highway Tra Traffic Safety Administration data. No immediate safety concern with the tires, but the date code, which I just gave you, 3419, uh, it's not embossed correctly on the tire which means you won't be able to see it anyway, so why they're giving date codes, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the dealers will replace the tires free of charge. Owner notification letters are expected to be mailed eh, July 15th. That's a lot quicker than they usually are. If you are concerned about your tire, 800-592-3267. That's Goodyear, customer service. NHTSA's uh, recall number 22T-010. And the speed limiter comment period, FMCSA for the speed limiters. Comments are coming to an end. It's coming to an end. July 18th, they extended anything here a while back ago. Anyway, they got over 14,000 comments. All anti-speed limiter. If you want to comment, you can. you got till July 18th. OIDA actually has made it easy. They've got a website that makes it simple to comment. Go to fightingfortruckers.com. I mean, it's a step-by-step -step thing. You, you can't square it up. Fightingfortruckers.com. All right. Well, we talked about the Walcott, Iowa Jamboree coming up uh, next weekend, uh, 14th through 16th. If you're not going to be able to make it to that, but you're in Fort Wayne area, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Expedite Expo. Going to be happening uh, July 15th and 16th. So put that on your calendar. My name is Mike, and I'm the lead consultant at Taltoa. We are a training, uh, a transportation logistics training and consulting firm. Matter of fact, you can visit our website, Taltoa.com, see what we do. Check us out if you got any questions about any of our services or packages or consulting, whatever, training. Placement, mentorship, call me. Be happy to talk to you. 479-668-0838. Q&A. This comes in from Larry. He says, I've been working as an employee for a local freight broker. I'm leaving to become an independent freight broker agent. Okay. 
Larry's wanting to know what the normal commission for a freight broker agent would be, and I, he wants to know if he will get a 1099 or will taxes automatically be withheld. Larry, that's a pretty good question. That's a smart question, actually, if you're not familiar with this stuff. Uh, my... My... Uh, recommendation hold on there i'm getting got 15 things coming at the same time okay as a freight broker agent first of all you're not going to have any issue getting a contract because you've got experience and i'm sure you got a book of business but one thing you want to check for one thing you really want to make sure of is that there is not any type of a no compete nothing that you sign when you started with the broker that would uh, create a problem for you, such as not being able to work the customers you've been working previously. You know, a lot of times brokers, uh, if you become an employee for a freight broker, you're going to have to sign stuff like that. You know, no competes and, and uh, you know, things of that nature. And those will generally be enforceable because what you're doing, you're leaving the company but you plan on working the business you had at that freight brokerage where you were an employee. You weren't an independent contractor. You were an employee. So you want to check that before you make any type of a move. Now keep in mind, too, uh, the broker is probably going to want some type of proof that you are not under any legal obligation to that uh, former employer either. Okay. But if everything pans out, you should be able to get a contract pretty easy, to be honest with you. I uh, I understand wanting to become a freight broker agent. Matter of fact, I did it backwards from what you're doing. I, when I, uh, uh, well, I was a broker agent. I was making pretty good money. But as a broker agent, just like any business, you're going to have up weeks. You're going to have down weeks. You know, there's no, you know, you have to average everything out. I mean, that's the way business works. You average it out. See what you're doing on average per week, per month, annually, you know, quarterly, semi-annual, things of that nature. And there was a brief moment I was offered a job for a freight brokerage, and they were going to pay me a pretty good salary. No, they did pay me a pretty good salary. And I did. I, I, went, I, I went to work for them. And to be honest with you, I... Uh, I didn't last very long because what happened was every time I moved a load, I would figure out how much money I would have made if I would have been independent as an agent. And it was, you know, at the end of the week, I was always making more money if I would have been independent than drawing down a weekly salary. I lasted there about three months and I went back to uh, being an agent. You're doing it backwards, but, you know, that's fine. You know, they train you, they taught you, I'm sure, I'm thinking. Uh, you've uh, built a business up. You know what's going on. So making that step to being an agent is not going to be too difficult. Now, normal commission, standard. Industry standard is going to be 60%. 60% of load net. Load net is the profit on the load, bottom line. So if you had a customer, they were paying you $3,000 to move a load from point A to point B. You found a truck, negotiated with the truck. They agreed to move it for $2,500. The load net would be $500, your commission on a 60% contract. 
would be $300. Make sense? Simple enough. Now, I say that standard industry standard average. I've seen commissions as low as 40%. I've seen them as high as 80%, 85%. But you got to read between the lines. you got to watch it. If you're contracting to a brokerage and they're paying 40%, either they don't know what they're doing or you're not contracting to the broker direct, you're contracting to an agent. Uh, the agent you're contracting to, he's an agent of the brokerage. You're contracting to their agency. They may be getting 60%. Uh, they're paying you 40% making 20% override on your business. See what I mean? Nothing wrong with that. That's totally legal. You know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. They are an independent agent. Uh, just like, you know, real estate, things of that nature. Okay. But if you are contracting direct, generally speaking, you're going to be talking to the company, specifically to the company. Uh, average 50 to 70%. I mean, 60 is going to be standard. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, I would not take a contract for less than 60%. Now you're thinking, well, Mike, you said, you know, that you've seen them as high as 75, 80%. Yeah, but usually when they get that high, you've got to jump through hoops to be able to make it to that level. And generally, the hoops you got to jump through, it's such an impossible situation, you never get there. So you're still, you know, 55, 60%. So, you know, but that's, that's going to be pretty much standard. Now, second part of your question, will you receive a 1099 or will taxes automatically be withheld? No, you'll, you'll get a 1099. You're going to be an independent contractor. You're going to have to pay for everything. Now, with your experience, you've got a book of business you're going to bring, bring with you. Yeah, the broker's probably going to pay for your load boards and, your, and, and the uh, access to their TMS. Okay. Because access to a TMS for an agent of a brokerage, it costs the broker money. So... And usually they're not going to afford that luxury to you unless you've got a proven book of business. So hope that helps. Now, just so you know, uh, we're talking about commissions. We have a mentorship program at Taltoa. The mentorship program uh, pays uh, 60% on net. Now, what is the mentorship program at Taltoa? Well, simply put, uh, once you finish your essential training for working as a freight broker, freight broker agent, whatever you want to do, however you want to start, it, well, if you're starting as a freight broker agent, you can enter our mentorship program after completion of training and begin your broker operation as an agent through us under our licensed brokerage. That allows you the opportunity to begin your broker operation, start gaining real-life experience, start building a customer base. Anyway... All those details at our website, Taltoa, Taltoa.com. If you have any questions, 479-668-0838. Okay, Lindsay writes in, I've been working as a freight broker for a year now. I really enjoy my job most days. <laughs> I get it. But my problem is that I can never make my bonus. The broker I'm working for keeps urging me to make more cold calls to get my load count up. What I've been doing is trying to work my current customers to get more freight from them so I can get my load count up. Any any suggestions that will help me? All right, first of all, uh, Lindsay, it sounds like you are a freight brokerage employee. Now, you're talking about load count. All right, load count, if you want to get right down to it, don't mean a hill of beans. I mean, yeah, it's nice to see 
but the low count don't don't mean anything. It's the profit. You know, what kind of volume are you running? What kind of load net are you getting? Uh, you know, you could pull up a DMB on any brokerage, and it's going to show their, you know, gross annual income might be uh, uh, you know, $200 million. Okay, yeah, that's $200 million. But you got to remember, you know, anywhere from 80 to 90 percent of that is being paid back to the truck. You see what I mean? So it's kind of misleading. Low count don't don't mean diddly. I mean it does. You gotta have low count to be able to, uh, uh, you know, have commissions. But you know if you if you're moving a hundred loads a month and your net on every load is only fifty bucks, you know that's that's not a lot. You, you see what I'm saying? That, that's not a lot at all. Now, if you got a hundred loads a month and your nets are averaging three, four hundred dollars a load, there you go. You say what I'm saying, or more. So, low count don't really tell me anything. As far as getting more freight to get those low counts up, okay. Uh, your broker sounds like they've got a, your bonus set up on a low count basis so they they're encouraging quantity over quality i mean every broker's different you know they they figure well you know if we got 10 agents and they're moving 20 loads a day at 50 dollars net per load that is going to end up making us a lot of money but as far as you the broker the independent broker it's it doesn't do you a lot of good you got to focus on those nets you got to focus on your dollar uh your, your dollar dollar signs. You see what I mean? You know, on average, and, and this is just, you know, going to be average, you know, and you want to be doing this, you know, a couple of thousand dollars a week in nets, that's that's average. Now, don't misunderstand. You can do a lot more than that. And if you don't do anything, you could do a lot less, obviously. But don't worry about the bonus. Don't worry about the load count. Worry, you know, well, if, if you're an employee, yeah, they're wanting you to get the load count up, but... Uh, Someday you're going to walk away from that, and you're going to be in a situation maybe where you start your own brokerage or maybe start as an agent. Uh, you know, yeah, you're not going to, you don't want to take that mindset with you where you're focused only on low counts. The only time you're going to be worried about low counts should be when you're first starting up. Okay, your startup. You know, when you first start up, you're going to be paying attention to the number of loads you have every day. You know, the, what we tell our clients at Tatoa is you got to focus in the beginning through that startup period. you got to focus on building that customer base. The more customers you have, the more loads you'll have available to you on a daily basis. From those loads, we call it a daily load count, average daily load count. That's not necessarily meaning the loads you've moved that day. It's how many loads you have available on any given day. The more loads you post, the more trucks are going to be calling you. Because what you're looking for with that load count that you're posting, you're, you're trying to learn which loads that you have available that trucks want to haul. The loads that trucking companies are calling you about. See what I mean? Once you start learning that, what trucking companies are wanting, that's going to be destinations, going to be weight, going to be commodity, obviously, uh, rate, obviously. But once you're able to start focusing on what makes you money, you're going to be able to make more of it. Because now you know. Okay, see what I mean? 
anyway, check out our website. You know, Lindsay, there, there may be information on there. Go back and watch some of our other videos. But uh, don't get caught up in that low count. The low count, yeah, you know, it's nice. But all the low count's going to be good for is at the end of the month, you can go back and average out what you made per load, you know. I'm going to be more concerned about, you know, it, well, again, if you're on salary, you're just focused on trying to make that bonus. So, you know, it's one of these weird deals you're in. But uh, if if you ask me, well, well, low counts matter just so you can determine what kind of average money you're making per load. But uh, now I'm going to be concerned more about the average net on every load, not you know, because if I got a load I can make five hundred dollars on, uh, that's going to be the focus of the day. I'm not going to be sitting here trying to move loads that I can make fifty bucks on. Hey, if somebody calls me and all I have to do is some paperwork to make fifty bucks on a load, sure I do it all the time. I do it every day. But my focus is going to be on the loads with the higher net, the loads I can make more money on. Anyway, check us out, Tautoa, T A L T O A dot com. If you have any questions or if Lindsay, if you've Got uh, more questions about this? Feel free to call me. 479-668-0838. All right. <clears throat> Scott checks in with us. I'm wanting to work as a freight broker, but keep running into experience and book of business roadblock. <laughs> There's one company that's offered me a sales agent position. They said they could uh, that, that could lead to a broker position. They're offering to pay a commission on every load they move for any new customer I bring in. I'm thinking about it. Sounds like a good opportunity, but would really appreciate your thoughts. Thanks, Scott. All right, Scott, here's the deal. They're wanting you to be a sales agent. It's not costing them anything. It's been my experience. Uh, a lot of brokers will bring in sales agents, pay them 10, 15, 20 maybe even 25% commission on every load they move for that customer through the brokerage. So they're paying it out of uh, net, though. So if your customer has a load and the total profit on the load is 100 bucks, and you're on a 20% sales agent uh, contract, you're going to make 20 bucks, okay, off the load they moved. That's well and good, all right? There's nothing wrong with that. I know people that have done pretty good doing that, and they like doing that, you know. But where the payoff is, you know, where you're going to have to get face-to-face. -face. You know, a freight broker, you're doing pretty much everything on the phone. But what you're trying to do as a sales agent for a brokerage is to build those relationships really tight. You're going to be a, 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 a in-person type salesperson. Now, I know they're probably encouraging you to, you know, you can do it over the phone. Yeah, you can. But if, you know, to really earn your keep, you're going to have to get in there and almost be able to get contracts with these shippers to work with your brokerage. And to be honest with you, that's a uh, that's pretty that's pretty tough road to hoe. You, you know what I mean? I mean, especially if you're coming into the business with uh, no experience or at least little to no experience. And the reason it's going to be hard is simply because people will see right through you. That you have little to no experience. So that's, that's going to be a mark against you. My question is why do you want... Well, you're saying you want to be a freight uh, broker. Well, start as an agent. 
You know, start as an agent. Yes, you may have to spend a couple of bucks to be able to get training, uh, or, you know, you may have to really, you know, agree to sweep the floors just to have the opportunity so you can learn it is what I'm getting at. But as a freight broker agent, you're getting the best of both worlds, you know. Uh, uh, standard commission for an agent, 60%. Some pay a little bit more, but, you know, standard commission, 60%. So, that means, you know, you're, yeah, you're getting out here finding your own customers, but you're going to be finding your own trucks, too. You're going to be doing your own negotiation. The other thing, too, as a sales agent, and this has always been questionable for me, for those becoming a sales agent. Okay, you're a sales agent. You're creating that relationship. You've got a good relationship with that customer, but now you're handing that customer off to one of the brokers in the office. That broker in the office may not have a personal personality that is accepted by the uh, by your customer. They like you, but they can't stand your the broker that handles their account. There, you know, what good is it? You, you know, there's a lot of variables there. My you know, I've had a lot of people come to me. They, they've asked me about becoming a sales agent. They say, hey, i got this golden opportunity. To me, it's not a real opportunity. To me, it's just looking for a way where you don't have to do the whole bottle of wax. You know, again, trying to, I don't want to say taking the easy way out because I don't want to get cards and letters. I know people that are out there doing this, you know, as a, an agent. You know, it's their, their, their uh, logistics sales, and they make good money. But the ones doing it generally work for a trucking company. You see what I'm getting at? They work for a trucking company and uh, developing the relationship that way. Uh, Scott, my recommendation, obviously, uh, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but I'd stay focused on the freight broker aspect of it, but be focused on becoming an agent. Now, if you want to become an agent, you want to learn more about that, again, visit our website. You'll find our website at taltoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. Uh, matter of fact, look over our packages. I mean, we got tons of videos up. We, I mean, on the FBTV, obviously. Uh, uh, you know, simply put on our website, on our homepage, Tautoa.com, the main page, if you scroll down, it's going to say, uh, you know, becoming a freight broker, freight broker agent, whatever, learn more. Uh, we did a, a webinar here, I don't know, a year, 18 months ago, that talks about that specific topic. Okay. And uh, it's about 30-minute long webinar, but it's going to go through everything. You know, good, bad, the ugly, about working as a freight broker, freight broker agent, things you got to, you know, be aware of. Uh, that, that's a good place to start. But if you have any questions, feel free to call me, 479-668-0838. All right. <clears throat> hey, if you, if, if you haven't checked it out, the new FBTV Podcast mug is available. You can uh, check that out on our website, FreightBrokerTV.com. Okay, let's see. Did you know? And the did you know department. <laughs> A recent study says the average person will spend five months of their life complaining. <laughs> oh, so many things I could say to that. 75% of raisins are eaten at breakfast time. Consumed at breakfast yeah, a lot of Raisin Bran cereal, I guess. And I like this. This, this is kind of cute. Uh, th you know, uh, a sociologist at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, determined 
that married men do less housework than live-in boyfriends. <laughs> okay. Oh, here's one. Remember uh, Potsy on Happy Days? If you're old enough. Anson Williams. He's running for mayor, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but it looks like Ohio, California. And Jimmy and Rosalind Carter celebrated their 76th wedding anniversary this week, this past week, so congrats to them. All right, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this Saturday FBTV podcast, Q&A. Don't forget, if you got any questions you'd like to have answered during the uh, Saturday morning FBTV podcast, email them to me, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Uh, plenty of contact forms on our website at FreightBrokerTV.com. And you can Skype into us, FBTV, okay, on your Skype app. All right, go have a good weekend, Saturday. Unless, of course, you've made other plans. We will talk real soon. Next podcast scheduled Wednesday morning. Hey, take it easy. <music>